This morning we're beginning a new series. Our world is a broken place. You know that. I know that. And only Jesus can heal it. He's chosen to bring that healing through us. I know that's hard to believe. You say, Pastor, we, we don't have our act completely together. No, no, we don't. But it is through it is through jars of clay that the Lord has chosen to put His greatest treasure, the treasure of the gospel, to present to the world. But what we do have to do is we have to understand that there's a desperate need in our world. There are billions of people on this planet that do not know the love of Jesus Christ. They think God's abandoned them. Some have, have chosen not to believe in God because of the pain that's around them. And, and God loves them. And the way He's going to let them know that He loves them is, is through us. It's through our lives. And we share the love of Jesus. We do that better together. And so what we want to do in this series is we want to talk about the real challenges that exist within our church and that exist in the world and what it is God wants us to do about it, how it is God wants us to live. One of the great challenges that exists in our culture today is the unbelievable amount of divisiveness and conflict and that every, every day it seems like there's a, there's a new crisis uh, that the news is reporting. And so in the midst of all this, there's division and there's anger and there's rancor. And so here we are in, in this and God is saying to us, you're the help. You're the ones I'm going to bring the good news through. You're the, you're the ones that I'm going to bring healing through. But how? That's what we're going to talk about in this series. Uh, we're going to look at some barriers this morning, some, some barriers that we got to overcome. And some of them are inside of us and inside the church. And if we can trust God and if we can live in obedience to Him and the power of the gospel here, we can go there. And here's what I know. There are billions of, the, of people on this planet that, that don't know Jesus, and some of them are in your family. Some of them you're going to be having a meal with today or this week or this season. They're friends of yours. They're people you work with. They're people you go to school with. They're people you hang out with. And God has called you, God has called me, to show and to share with them His love and the grace that can give them new life and satisfy the eternal the eternal emptiness that is, that is within their soul. But we got to realize there's some barriers to that. And so our text today and our text next week deals with that. And um, and I believe God has a word for us. You're probably going to be very encouraged today. Based on what I heard from the last service, you're also going to be very challenged today. And so receive whatever the word has to say to you by the power of the Spirit. And respond in faith. And, and be willing to obey and to trust got your Bible, and I hope that you do. Take it out and turn with me to Romans chapter 14. We're in Romans chapter 14. We're going to really be in verses 14 and 15 in another uh, section, but for right now, we're just going to look at verse 13. So let's all stand together as Chloe Lickinger comes to read Scripture for us. Again, we're in Romans chapter 14, verse 13. Chloe, if you would read that for us, sweet girl. Therefore, let us not pass judgment on one another any longer, but rather decide never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of a brother. The Word of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Chloe. If you would, go ahead. Go ahead and be seated. Uh, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, the Apostle Paul wrote to the church at Rome that was divided. 
there were Jews and Gentiles there. And um, in Rome, there was a problem that the Jews were having with what the Gentiles were eating. But here's what's interesting. Hold your finger right there in Romans 14 and go to, go to 1 Corinthians 8 real quick. 1 Corinthians 8, the exact same issue, the exact same divisiveness is going on, the same issue even over food. But here, the, there's another group that's upset. In, in Corinth, the Gentiles were having the problem with the food. See, in, 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 in Rome, the Jews were watching the Gentiles eat food that, that wasn't according to their tradition, their preferences. They're freaking out. They're, they're almost going to divide the church over this. And you look in there in 1 Corinthians chapter 8, now it's the Jews that are eating the food and the Gentiles are freaking out because they're saying, I was raised watching this food dedicated to idols and you should not be eating it. And they're about to divide the church over this. They're having a very serious dispute over their traditions, over their views, over their preferences. And in both instances, the Apostle Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is saying, this is not worth arguing over. This is not what, what it's all about. And so you look there in, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 8, you know, look what he says in verse 9. But take care that this right of yours does not somehow become a stumbling block to the weak. You know, you think about what he said in verse in Romans 14. Flip back to Romans 14. Look what he says in verse 1 there. As for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him, but 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 not to quarrel over opinions. It's amazing how churches quarrel over opinions. It's amazing how many churches split over opinions. Seems a week doesn't go by that a pastor friend doesn't call me in tears talking about a split that is occurring in their church over opinions, over preferences. And many of my friends are burned out and they're brokenhearted because the, the church is, is being stifled, it's being attacked by Satan through these opinions, and, and the enemy is having his way in causing disruption. And, and it's all kinds of stuff. I, I mean, you think about the things that churches argue over, clothing, uh, music, worship order, uh, education. There's churches that divide over everyone should go to private school, no, everyone should homeschool, no, everyone should go to public school. Uh, it's amazing how people argue over the programs that are needed. you got to have this program or we're going to leave the church. We've had many people leave our church because we're not doing a program that, 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 that they have determined is, is necessary. And it's their preference, it's their opinion, there's aesthetics, there's, there's colors. So literally, churches have divided. I know it's kind of a joke, but there are churches that are divided over the color of the carpet, over the furniture in the building. All of these are opinions. All of these are preferences. All of these are barriers that keep us from being effective and living hopeful and being helpful and providing what Jesus has called us to in our world. Now, let me say this. Not all barriers are bad. But you've got to be mindful of what the barriers are. And so I want to real quick give you a background on barriers, all right? Take note, there's three. Mature disciples of Jesus understand there are primary Orthodox Church barriers, and these are good. These are barriers that, that speak to what is true. All who hold to these truths are disciples of Jesus. That these are the these are the uh, fundamental beliefs of all disciples of Jesus. And there's so many ways in which this has been expressed. I mean, we sang a song. 
I believe in God the Father. I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe in the Holy Spirit and He's given us new life. We sing a confession when we're singing that. And what we're talking about there is the primary orthodox belief of all disciples of Jesus. So there's all kinds of creeds out there. There's Nicene Creed, the Chalcedon. There's one of the more famous ones, the Apostles' Creed. It says, I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit. All disciples of Jesus believe that. That is the Orthodox faith of the capital C Church. Now, there is a difference between what is primary and what is secondary. It is very easy to get caught up in what is secondary and to what is preferential, our opinions. The Apostle Paul very easily could have done that when he went to Corinth. Look what Paul said to the church at Corinth. Very interesting. First Corinthians one, um, yeah, First Corinthians two, rather, one through five. Look what he said. He said, and when I came to you, brothers, uh, when I came to you, brothers, uh, I did not come proclaiming to you testimony of God with lofty speech we listened for. I decided, look at this, to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I was only going to know the primary Orthodox faith. He goes on to say, I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling, and my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstrations of the Spirit. See, he said it wasn't about what I could do, it was about what God could do what the Spirit of God could do in the simple truth of the Gospel and of power so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men. It's not in the wisdom of men. It's not in the traditions or the preferences or the opinions of men, but in the power of God, which is the Gospel of God. You think about what Paul was trying to do there with the church of Corinth. He said, look, I came to focus on primary things. Now listen, be very, listen to this. The Apostle Paul very easily could have gone to Corinth to address the sin in that culture. Corinth was a sinful, sinful, sick city. And he very easily could have come in and started uh, attacking the, uh, the entertainment industry, the religious industry. The, the, there were so many problems there. He very easily could have gone in and addressed those, but instead he said, no, I'm going to focus on what's primary. He very easily could have come in and said, I've got to address the cultural injustices, because I'm going to tell you, there were people that were being mistreated in that culture. They were not being treated fairly. There, there, were, there were the haves and the have-nots, and he very easily could have come in and made that focus to, to bring about social equality. He also would have done a good thing if he had tried to help those who were trapped in addictions. There was a sex trade industry like nothing we've seen. It, it, it was a horrible place. And you know what? All of those would have been good things. It would have been good for him to address those things, but it wouldn't have been the best thing. Also, Paul said, I could have very easily gotten focused in on secondary and, and, and preferential things that are important to me. But he said, I didn't do that. Instead, I focused on what is the Orthodox Church barriers. And these things are good because they help people understand what's the difference between what a Christian, a genuine Christian believes, and what a non-Christian believes. So you have to understand there are good barriers, one of which being the barrier of the Orthodox Church. There's also a good barrier. The second one is this. Mature disciples of Jesus understand secondary local church barriers. 
There is the church, capital C, that all who believe in Jesus and are disciples of Jesus are members of. Then there's the local church that every single Christian is called to be a part of. Living Hope is a local church. And we have a local church view of doctrine. We have articles of faith. We also have ways in which we do ministry. So in order to be a member of Living Hope, we require you to go to what we call Discovering Hope. It's a membership class. And so in the first, I'm sorry, the, in, in the Sundays in November, if you want to be a member of the church at 11 o'clock Fellowship Hall, 50 yards from here, you can come and learn what is unique about Living Hope. Every church is different. And it's important that you know what the church believes and why we do what we do. Because here's the thing. If you don't like, if you don't like believers' baptism, if you don't like the Lord's Supper available to all who believe, if you don't like global and local missions, if you don't like the Bible being taught, I will annoy you. I don't want to annoy you. I don't want you to come to church and be annoyed. Jesus doesn't either. And so what you have to understand is, what is the deal with living hope? All they talk about is the gospel. Someone actually said that this summer. All he preaches is the gospel. There's other churches, my friend. <laughs> we do. We preach the gospel and how it applies to real life. We're going to talk about the next generation. We're going to talk about global local missions. This is what the Bible teaches. So that's what we're about. If that's not what you want to be about, this church isn't for you. And those, that's a good barrier. God calls us all to a local church with a, with a, with a real sense of, of values, a real sense of, of what we focus on in terms of belief, our leadership, all that stuff. But if you don't agree with it, then it's, it's okay. If you love Jesus, you're a disciple of I mean, Jesus, you have the Orthodox faith, God will lead you to the church that you're supposed to be a part of. But every local church, there's a barrier there. But then there's a third barrier. You've got to understand that, that they're, they're, they're preferential barriers. Mature disciples of Jesus understand preferential personal barriers. We all have them. We all have preferences that come typically from our cultural upbringing. They're not necessarily bad unless we make them our primary focus. See, we all have preferences in terms of clothing and music and worship order and education, private, homeschool, public school, programs that are needed, aesthetics, what colors, what furniture. And I wanted to spend more time on this, but I'm not. So here's what I want you to do. I posted yesterday morning at 7.15 a.m. on social media something that Albert Moeller wrote several years ago. It's called Theological Triage. And what he does is he explains those three things I just outlined for you. He calls them first order, second order, and third order. All right? And I really want you to go back and listen to uh, read that and think through what I, what I just said to you, because it's very real. And, and I want you to understand that what's important is that there are barriers, and they're good ones. Some barriers, though, we got to overcome if we're going to be effective and living hopeful and being helpful and helping the culture as Christ has called us to. So when it comes to barriers, understand there is a wrong answer, okay? Write this down. The wrong answer is to focus on preferences. On the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, the Apostle Paul wrote to the church at Rome, and he said, Therefore, let us not pass judgment on one another any longer. What he's, what's he saying there? If a person has a preference that is, that is not yours, don't judge them. He goes on to say, But rather decide never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in, 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 in the way of a, of a brother. Let me tell you what happens typically in churches. 
there are people that have preferences, right? And all of a sudden, they start talking with other people who share their preferences, right? So they start saying, listen, we got, we got to take over. we got to get everybody on our page because our preferences are what are needed here. And so then they start attacking and judging the people that don't have their preferences. And so now all of a sudden there are people that are made to feel, oh, I must be an immature believer because those people that have been around here for a while, they're saying I'm wrong and that their preferences are right. And you know what that does? It doesn't honor Jesus. What it does is it creates division. It creates problems because whenever you make something that is preferential, primary, you lose hope. See, what Jesus wants to do is he wants to create spiritual fruit. Preferences do not produce spiritual fruit. Only Jesus does that, okay? I love the book, Secrets of the Vine. Y'all know that book, Secrets of the Vine? If you don't know that one, be sure and get that one. Our whole series last month, the artwork anyway, was based on this this book, Secrets of the Vine. And I love in this book, he, he tells a story about this, this uh, man who moved to town and Yet a neighbor, and in between their two houses, there was this, this huge grapevine. And it had a trellis that it was built on. And, and he looked out one day, and his neighbor was hacking up this vine. And he went out to his neighbor, and he said, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, he had the, just going nuts on this thing, right? And he goes over, he goes, he said, hey, neighbor, he goes, I really like grapes. The older gentleman looked at him. He said, you do? Yes, I really love grapes. So, he said, so? He said, well, you're cutting everything back. You're cutting it down. So, he kind of puts his, you know, instrument down, which lets the young man know I'm about to get a talking to, you know? And he said, son, I'm going to tell you something. We can have leaves or we can have grapes, but we can't have both. See, in order us to have grapes. He said, I got to cut back these leaves. Because if, if those grapes don't get sun, they don't, they don't live. They don't produce. They don't come out. See, you got to have the sun, and these leaves are getting in the way of the sun. So it is in the Christian life. See, preferences are like leaves. They get in the way of the sun, Jesus. And the only way we can produce spiritual fruit is having, the, having Jesus shine on us. But see, if we let our preferences get in the way, we'll miss the sun. Now, we'll look big. It'll look imposing, but it won't have real true life transformation. See, that's one of our core values here at the church. One of our five core values is life transformation. And we are passionately pursuing gospel-based change. We're not looking for preferential, preferential change. We're not trying to get everybody to vote like us and look like us and dress like us and like what we like. What we're trying to do is to introduce people to Jesus Christ so that the gospel will create change in their life. But if all we're going to talk about are our preferences, then there's no hope, there's no help. See, one of the reasons why many children abandon the faith is because they have been raised in churches that talk about preferences and not the gospel. Can I tell you something? Preferences are boring. Jesus never is. When you see him as he is, he is both terrifying and glorious. And when you walk with him faithfully, he produces a fruit within you that, that no mo- behavioral modification ever could. So understand, preferences don't change lives. There's only one that changes life. What's his name again? His name is Jesus. So write that down, would you? 
when it comes to barriers, there is a right answer. Focus on Jesus. Look back with me in verse 1 and verse 3 of 14. I want to read it again. As for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him, but not quarrel over opinions. Again, verse 3. Let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains, and let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats, for God has welcomed him. Think about what Jesus has done for us. He has welcomed us. He's made it possible for the Father to welcome us into his eternal family. Listen, we can get, if you, if you push and if you intimidate hard enough, you can get people to modify their behavior. You can get them to dress a certain way, talk a certain way. It won't be real in their heart, but they can fake it if you'll put enough pressure on them. That's not the way of Jesus. The way of Jesus is his love comes into our lives and it transforms us from the inside out. And what Paul is saying is, look, guys, don't judge each other. Don't get caught up on, on preferences, on opinions. As a matter of fact, be willing to give up what you can do so that it's not a stumbling to others. Let me illustrate. I don't drink alcohol. If you drink alcohol, I'm not going to judge you. And don't judge me because I don't. But I don't drink alcohol. Let me tell you why. One is because I talk to people regularly, women typically, who have been punched in the face by a drunk husband. And I typically know that guy. And when he's sober, that's not something he would typically do. But when he drinks, he yells at his kids, he hits his kids, and he hits his wife. I'm not going to drink something that produces that. When I got to this church over 16 years ago, I had to do a funeral of a pregnant mother who was killed by a drunk driver. If that man had been sober, there's no way he would have been driving his car in the wrong direction on an interstate. And another reason I don't drink. Some of you in this room, you have addictive personalities. Some of you in this room are addicted to alcohol. And I'm not going to do something that, that encourages your addiction. There are people in my family, there's people in my wife's family that are addicted to alcohol, that have died from their addiction. I don't drink it because it's a stumbling block. If you do, I'm not going to judge you. But don't judge me because I don't. See, that's not the point. The point is Jesus and loving and doing what you do out of service. And, and that's a pretty heavy one. That's a pretty There's another one that's pretty simple. Uh, you know, Bob Russell is one of my heroes. Bob Russell is a, was a former pastor of Southeast Christian. We were at a, pastors and I, the staff was at a conference on Thursday, and, and Bob Russell spoke. And I'm just going to tell you, he's annoyingly good. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, man, I, I would not be that effective in communication. He's just wonderful. He shared this story, though. Uh, they had just hired a young associate years ago, right before he retired. He was 26 years old. His name was Kyle Adelman. And at the time, Bob had a Bob had a preference, he had an opinion, and he made it a policy that basically said, if you're going to preach, you're going to have to wear a coat and tie. And so Kyle was there, he was kind of doing, he went to Pastor Bob and said, Pastor Bob, listen, I appreciate the fact that you believe this. He said, but I, this does not, this isn't me. Wearing a coat and tie is not me. It doesn't help me connect with my generation. This isn't what we're about. So Bob pulled him aside and he said, son, let me ask you something. Do you think Jesus, I'm sorry, do you think God is more important than the president. He said, well, of course I do. He said, well, let me ask you something. If you were going to meet the president, don't you wear? Don't you think you'd wear a coat and tie? And Bob thought, I got it now. And Kyle looked at him and he said, 
Not if the president was my dad. So they have a new policy there at Southeast Christian. Because when they come to worship, they come to worship the Father in the name of the Son and the power of the Holy Spirit. See, in Bob's mind, he couldn't get over what he had been raised to understand as right. It was an opinion. It was a preference. But it was causing division. So he said, it's done. It's enough. Let's put that past us. We, we can't be focusing our praise. No, no, no. We have to focus on Jesus. And see, what happens in a church when we do that, now we have hope. Now we can be of a help. So see, here we are in this culture where there's this battle going on. And we alone have the answer to cure the crisis within our culture. Understand, write this down. When it comes to overcoming cultural barriers, society wrongly teaches people to deny differences with hostility. You know this. We live in a highly volatile society. Liberal people with their views are attacking those with conservative values. Conservative people with their views are attacking those with liberal values. People of different colors, creeds, and commitments are attacking each other. Some of our own family are part of it. Can I tell you what's fueling it? Conservative and liberal media. Can I tell you what's happening? Every week, they're finding a new way to get us mad. You want to know why? Because it makes them money. If you and I, the consumer, ever come to the place where we stop buying their junk, they don't have to, they got to go get real jobs now. They have to actually produce a product that is useful to society. But as it is now, they can sell their personality and their opinions. And so long as they can keep you and me mad, they got money. Guys, we're being duped. It's time for us to wake up. And we need to understand, it's not just the liberal media, it's the conservative media. It's whatever media, whatever talk personality. Think about what they're doing. They're working every day to get you mad about somebody. Because what will you do? You'll attack them. And you want to hear them attack them. And so now they're making money on your emotional disease. Disease. That's not what we're called to do as Christians. That's not what we're called to do at all. No, that's not, that's not our play at all. What do we do? We go in and we say, what's going on in the world? There's divisiveness. Satan's laughing. He's creating enemies. What, what are we supposed to do? When it comes to overcoming cultural barriers, Jesus rightly teaches people to highlight differences with love. With love. It doesn't mean we pretend we don't have differences. What it means is, is we say, we're different. Let's talk. Listen, I've got a couple conversations going right now. And if you ever see me having a conversation, sometimes it looks like an argument with someone on social media, direct message me or text message me to say, hey, this is public, because sometimes I forget. I, I've got a friend that I've known since I was in grade school, and we have secondary issue conversations. He's been wrong for 25 years. But we were having this conversation publicly, one of the staff texted me and said, Reminder, this is public, so I was like, Ugh. so I sent a message to him, let's go private with this. Listen, it's fine to have these conversations, but they're not primary. I've got another conversation.
conversation going with another person right now. This person says they believe the Orthodox faith, and that's great, but there's some secondary issues that we don't agree on. And so they're wanting to maybe see about this being at their church. I just don't know if they believe our doctrine. And so we're having a conversation, and that's good. To talk about what is true, not to take what some talking head screams at us and makes us mad and attack other people. See, what the media is doing is they're creating for us enemies. And you know what? Maybe, and I believe this, maybe we do have enemies. Maybe we do have people who want to shut down the church. Maybe we do have people who want to put us in jail for what we believe. What did Jesus tell us to do with those folks? Oh, that's right. He told us to pray for them and love them, didn't he? He didn't tell us to, to go and attack them. He said to love them and to show the gospel to them. Let me tell you why the church is failing. It's because we're wrapped up in our preferences. We want the church to be out our, about our preferences, and we want the culture to be about our preferences. And here's why. Because we've taken our eyes off of Jesus. We're not trusting Jesus. We're trusting in our capacity to get people to modify their beliefs and behaviors to match ours so that we're comfortable and happy. That's not gospel. God has given us the gospel so that, so that there can be real peace and love and hope. Now write this down and don't forget it. Living hopeful and being helpful requires maturity and confidence. I'm going to finish with this and just know we're going to get back to this next week. Romans 15, go back, go up a chapter with me. Go to, we're going to be in this verse, next, these verses next week. I just want to close here and, I, and then make a closing point and then we're done. Romans 15, beginning in verse 4, it says, For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the Scriptures we might have hope. Our hope is to come from the Word of God, not through a talking head in the media. It's not through our preferences, it's through the Gospel. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in, in such harmony with one another in accordance with Jesus Christ that together you may with one voice glorify God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Did you catch that? That under the headship of the goodness of Jesus that we may be in harmony with one another. So if we're arguing over our preferences here, we're not going to be of any help to the people there where you live and work and play and hang out. You're not going to be of help to people in East Asia and Southern Europe and West Africa in Boston and South Dakota and Cincinnati where we're planting churches. No. See, it's got to start here. And we have to say, you know what? We believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ and that creates peace. And it builds us with hope so that we can honestly live hopeful. And now we can go into the world, and guess what we can be? We can be helpful. Some of you cannot because you do not know Jesus Christ. Some of you have grown up in church your whole life, some of you, and you don't know Jesus. You just know rules. Some of you are here today because someone told you you ought to be here, and it's a rule. Can I tell you there's so much more? There's, there's the living Christ who will live in you, forgive you, and guide you all the days of your life until you face Him. And then you will enter into heaven with Him for all of eternity. Can I tell you, and I love you, hear me, I, I love you. Some of you who claim Christ are a big problem in our culture today. 
Gandhi said, I love your Christ. I don't get your Christians. Because we are, we are saying mean, manipulative, hurtful things rather than loving and praying and encouraging the gospel truth. Some of you need to repent of that this morning. You've made your preferences your purpose. You're no use to Jesus like that. And here's what I also know. Some of you are like me. You're having conversations with family and friends. And they don't know Jesus, and so they're hurting and they're broken. Some of you work in a workplace where there's no Jesus. Some of you go to school where Jesus is not there. you got all these folks that need Jesus. Why don't you come pray for them today? And ask God to do what only He can do. In the name of Jesus, bring hope and healing and salvation and life. Your preferences can't do that, but Jesus can. Amen? Oh, I didn't hear it. Let's stand together. Let's pray. I didn't get an amen. I got an old me. Let's pray. Oh, me, Lord. You know what we need. And I pray right now, Holy Spirit, that there is a, a deep conviction setting in the hearts of some who would say, I need Jesus. I don't need religion. I don't, I don't need a political affiliation. I don't need another talking head. I need Jesus. God, I know there's some who are here today who say, Lord, forgive me. I have... I've made the mess messier. And I want to be a part of the cleanup effort that only happens through the love of Jesus. And Lord, there are some here today like me who know people that are in a real mess and they need Jesus. And so we want to pray today that you'll heal their marriage and, and transform their lives and make their kids love you and, and make the people they work with have hope in Jesus. And so hear the prayers of those today who come that need healing and hope. As they pray on behalf of those who need healing and hope. God, do this. We need you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's think about our need. Come and praise you as God has called you.